Welcome to Courtside Moms. I'm Wendy. And I'm Stephanie. Today we're sitting with Ms. Robin Paul, who is the fantastic mother of Chris Paul of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Chris has been playing in the NBA for about 15 years. He's also the current president of the National Basketball Players Association. He's the co-chair of When We All Vote. Chris has a lot of things going on and there's a lot to talk about. So we're excited to bring Robin on today. But before we do, I want to hear from Stephanie. What's good, Stephanie? What'd you do this week? Uh, prepped for Halloween <laughs> the whole week. We usually do it pretty big, so we delivered again this year, I think. <laughs> well, I saw you guys on Instagram, so let's talk quickly about those cautions you have your babies in. Okay, so the first one was the Will Smith, Jane Pinkett, <laughs> August Alcina entanglement. Uh, I I like questioned I always question like is this too far they're kids like they have no idea but it's so fun and and it's like fun to do it with them so uh they're they're good sports about it for sure absolutely and then uh we did Bonnie and Clyde last night they hosted a Halloween party at our house okay uh, so they were Bonnie and Clyde and then today they'll be Batman and Batwoman okay (laughs) are you taking them out for Halloween we are my husband says he's from Africa and they uh, don't trick or treat there. And I said, we live in Canada now, so you will be <laughs> trick or treating tonight. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, he's going. <laughs> well, enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. Are you going to do anything for Halloween? Um, no. <laughs> I am easy. absolutely not. It's funny because I was looking at um, some Halloween trees that are in my house and, um, I had to laugh. I asked my mother today, does anybody come for Halloween? And she said, no, your father buys the <laughs> Halloween treats every year and I eat them. <laughs> so, I'm guilty of that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he went out and bought chips and stuff and tonight we're going to eat them. So yes, that'll be my Halloween. Well, that's, so, uh, that's yeah. a good Saturday night. Yeah, chips, yeah, yeah. Chips involved. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited to speak to Robin. I mean, there's so much going on right now with her son, um, with Chris, um, especially with him being, you know what I mean, um, with the Players Association and what's going on with the U.S. election. So I really want to hear her take on all that because there's just so much right now that, that he's involved with. So let's bring Robin on. So first of all, we would like to thank you for coming on the show today. I mean, we're so anxious to learn about Chris, about his career, and and how you tie in with all of this. I'm just his mom. That's all. Just his mom. Nothing big, you know. <laughs> just that person that gave him birth, right? And just yeah, yeah and you stuck around. Good for you. <laughs> so. Tell us, how did this all start? And when I say this all, let's start with basketball. How did it enter his life, and where did it all begin for Chris? Okay, Chris first started playing basketball in the basement of um, our first home. Um, Chris may have been, what, two or three? <laughs> My husband would be playing. I have an older son, CJ, right, uh, and he's Chris's manager. And he played... My husband would be playing basketball with both of them in the basement on the little Fisher Price goals. You know, you have one on each side. So that's really where it all began at a very young age. So, you know, he was always going to try to beat on, beat up on his brother, you know, because he was small. 
And it went from there to the court when Chris was four. He was four years old, always the smallest one on the court, always, um, even to now most of the time. And he started playing at a little recreation center. CJ was five and a half, almost six, and Chris was four. And my husband coached Chris because Chris was like, because he was so small and, you know, always a little brother. He was just trying to be tough and, you know, rambunctious (laughs) and that stuff. So my husband, you know, would always coach him. What was it like to have dad as a coach? Oh, it was great. I mean, my husband coached both of them all the way up to Chris's eighth grade year in uh, YBA. Okay. which is the um, basketball at the YMCA. He coached CJ all the way through. He coached Chris all the way up to eighth grade. He couldn't coach Chris's eighth grade year because he was coaching something, what well, CJ's high school was something, okay? So he said, oh, we got to find another coach. I can't do both or whatever. I said, well, let me coach. What? So, <laughs> I love yeah, it. I did that. I have a video right here to show. Oh, I love it. Good for you. <laughs> anyway. One of my girlfriends, Leslie Gaynor, her her son, Chris, his, we had two Chris's on the team. Both of them played on the same team. So both of us coached that year. Oh, we were, we were, we were good. We, <laughs> we won the championship. We only lost one game. That was our very first game. Wow. The re- and we lost because the referee called a tech on me. Oh. <laughs> that was the worst game, worst call of the game. <laughs> we won the whole thing. It was, it was awesome. He was in the eighth grade then, and I did that. Stephanie, I don't know, but I see a WNBA coach in here. What do you think? <laughs> I love it. Y'all know I might give it a try because I really like sports. Did you just coach for the one season? Just that, yeah. Oh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> that was enough. I'm that parent. I'm that parent that gets really nervous at the games, Okay. And I was nervous because both of my both of my boys were pretty good athletes, basketball players, as well as football players, but then they let football go. So they had the ball in their hand majority of the time. So I would get nervous if it came down to the wire, especially close games. Anybody that knows me well knows that I would have to leave the gym. <laughs> if it came down to a like two, three, five point game towards the end, I wouldn't politely get up, walk down the bleachers, go to the bathroom. <laughs> and these little children that used to, these little girls used to always come to all the games. They would go back and forth giving me the score, giving me the updates. Because I knew at the end, either CJ when he was playing or Chris when he was playing in school, they were going to have the ball in their hand. So just to know that they're going to probably try to foul them or whatever, and then they're going to have to go to the free throw line and hit free throws. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so how old were they when you coached them? Or sorry, just Chris. Um, eighth grade. Eighth grade. You coached in the eighth grade. So you said that you, the, the nerves set in. And I, I had uh, watched somewhere that you had to leave when the games were close because of your nerves. What did you do when you left? Um, I, I used to re- start leaving. I'm trying to think if I ever did it in middle school because he was in middle school then. I don't know if I did it a lot in middle school, but high school especially. Oh, yeah, definitely in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous. Yes, yes. And I'm, even today, if the NBA games gets real tight, you know, I get a little nervous. I, I try to sit there, but a lot of times I can't. I don't go to the bathroom. I get up, go fold some clothes, go just busy myself. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the best. <laughs> I don't know. I, 
I mean, I, I watch my son play too and I get nervous, but I'm like legit standing in front of the screen, screaming my head off like somebody can hear me there. Like, oh, I'm, I'm doing all that too. Of course. But not in the fourth quarter during the last three minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it get close, I'm going to exit for a minute. I'll be right back. Oh, no, I'm too nosy to exit. I can't. I need to see. <laughs> like, I have to have that, that. You know what I mean? Like, you're sitting on the couch and you're commenting. I'm, I'm a, like a, a couch coach. Yes. I know it all. I have. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a coach all of a sudden. I know everything. Like, I know what they should have done. I could. You know what I mean? I'm yelling at the coach. Why do you have this player with the ball? What are you doing? And then I get humble. I'm like, yeah, I'm home on my couch and he's there. So whatever, Wendy. But... <laughs> For that minute, it's real. <laughs> yeah, for real. I understand. I understand. But I love the game. Love the game. Did you know you, what? Oh, sorry. No, no, did, did you play? I played a little bit in, so I went to a Catholic school from first to eighth grade, and I played there. I didn't play after that. Okay. So I played from sixth to eighth. Yeah. So were you that mom that trained your boys too? No. I was not that mom. No, that was definitive. <laughs> my, my husband did some, and, you know, he played around with them a lot. So that was enough. You didn't give Charles any tips and say, this is what you need to show the boys tomorrow on the court? Oh, no. <laughs> no. That wasn't me. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. So let's talk about high school. Where did Chris go to high school? Chris went to West Forsyth High School in Clemens, North Carolina. We live in Louisville. The school is less than five minutes from the house. Um, he and CJ both graduated from there. And we had some good times at West Forsyth. We really did. Really? And then yes. moving forward, he went to Wake Forest. He went to Wake Forest, which was 10 minutes from our house. Oh, okay. It was the best. I mean, <laughs> it was great. But he and CJ both, when he went to Wake, both of them was playing basketball. And, you know, me and my husband, you know, had to be yeah. at either one. So we would split up. One would go to one game, the other one would go to the other game. CJ went to USC Spartanburg. He went to Hampton his first year. Mm-hmm. So we would go up there together, you know, when we could. And, <clears throat> excuse me, then he went to USC Spartanburg. And that was a two-and-a-half-hour drive. Two hours, 15 minutes. We got to, you know. So one would stay back at the weight game, and the other one would go to South Carolina if CJ, you know, wherever he had to play. Did you guys ever fight over who was going to whose games? Oh, no. Never. Never. I can I can already <laughs> tell for us, my husband and I, we've got a son and a daughter, the young, uh-huh. young younger two, sorry. And uh, I already know we'll be both be fighting over who's going to our daughter's oh. game. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fight over. What you got to do is say, okay, you got to just even that thing up. If he goes to the last one, you got to go to the next one and just be just fair about 50, it. 50-50 you know? with it. I like that. Exactly. What? Exactly. You'll fight over whose game you're going to go? Poor Caesar. <laughs> I love that you knew it would be Poor Caesar. Chad. He's like, is someone going to get in the car with me or not? <laughs> Drive himself to the game. <laughs> Poor baby. You know Auntie Wendy will take him to his game. <laughs> and Aunt Robin will come get him too. You tell Caesar. There you go. We'll go pick him up, eh, Robin? We got him. That's yeah. exactly Yeah, what a sin. I do remember a couple of times where if he was playing... Um... Somebody and Charles had a friend's child that was on the team and they had talked about, you know, meeting up at the game or something like that. I would give him, you know, something like that. But we worked at the, we worked that thing out for two years. We sure did. That's impressive. 2003 through 2005. And we 
if CJ had an early game and Chris had a late game and he could make it to Chris's game, yeah, we made that work. Right. What it went many, but sometimes. Well, in 2005, your baby declared for the draft. 2005. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about your role in the preparations for... Okay, let's talk about 2005. Oh, okay. <laughs> my, my oldest son, CJ, a senior at Spartanburg, tears his meniscus okay. two weeks before, what you call a basketball college basketball final two weeks before they go into um what you call it um, after they finish the regular season then they have the conference conference oh, play. okay I'm like- there's his um meniscus has to have surgery so had his surgery the doctor told him you can only get back in two weeks if you really 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 rehab he rehabbed his butt off and went mm-hmm. back that um, for the conference championship. So they did well. That was 2005. CJ also graduated in 2005. Okay. Okay. He graduated from college. Chris declared for the NBA draft in 2005. Right. So, you know, we we did all everything we needed to do once he declared. um, We knew somebody had to go with him. We didn't know who or, you know, what or whatever, because CJ could have went on to be a college basketball coach. Very easy. I mean, mm. so, you know, he knows the game. But Chris asked his brother if he would be his manager. That's awesome. And with that, it was easy because CJ was the one that went off with him. So was I involved? Yes, we was involved as a family. We was involved with um, picking his agent. I mean, we had agents. Mm-hmm meetings together Chris always had the final say so about everything because it's you know it was his call because right. this person was somebody he had to um intermingle with all the time we also had um interviews for his financial advisor so those were some very very good times and you know we also included his college coach Skip Prosser he was there with us on those interviews so well, it seems like you had um, a lot of resources um, around you, which is important. I mean, as we both know, it's so important to have specific people in your life um, when you're going through that process because it's not easy. No, it's so important. And the key is to keep the circle small, you yeah. know? Yes. That's so, so, so very important. And I mean, how much smaller can can it get with me, his dad, his brother, and his college coach and him, you know, mm. so... Yeah, the object is to keep it, keep your circle small. Everybody is not coming to you with the right intentions. Yeah. So that's very important. Not everybody's honest. No, it's a whole lot of dishonest people out there. Yeah. So a lot of people that have come with you, come to you trying to, you know, smile in your face, but at the same time trying to see how they can sneak through the back door. It's, it's, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And it takes it, strong parents to recognize that. It takes strong people, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, because we as parents, we was naive sometimes, but we had also had people around us that could, you know, sort of hip us to the game. Right, right. So draft night, what did you guys do? Draft night, we was in the green room. Thank you, Lord. It was an, an amazing 
amazing experience. Amazing experience. You know, we did everything. We, you know, met with the league, met the parents. You know, we did all of that firsthand. Went to the um, green room. We all sitting there nervous. Um, they had projected Chris to go somewhere between, who knows, mm-hmm. two, maybe two and something, two wow. and six or seven or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, re- everybody in the green room was just really nervous. Wow. So we all sat there. We heard the names. We heard the names. We heard the names. And then we heard that name. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, he was the fourth pick. Right. To the New Orleans Hornets. That's right. It was the New Orleans Hornets back then. At the time, that's right. Yes, that was 2005, and it was amazing. We celebrated, left there, had dinner, celebrated some more before we knew it. They was flying us the next morning to go to New Orleans. So it was it was great, and I, I'm sure you all remember. 05 was when Katrina hit. That's right. So. They had to move the team to Oklahoma City. Right. So his first two years in the league, he played for Oklahoma City. So this past year when he got drafted to Oklahoma City, you know, it wasn't anything new for us. We were familiar with the city. So, you know, they knew Chris. Chris knew them. And it was a great reunion. He's like, I've been there. <laughs> it was different, you know. He went in as a rookie. Yeah, he went in as a rookie. He now he went back. What? Now he's Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now he's Chris Paul. <laughs> he went back with you know helping the rookies. You know, a yeah. little bit of age on him, and you know, yes, that was great. So let's talk about his path as an NBA player. I mean, he's been in the league for 15 years. Um, like you said, he started with the started with the Hornets, but then he went through three trades. He's went through three trades. Oh my gosh! Who ever would have thought? But yes, we started with um, the Hornets mm-hmm. from 05 to I think 2011, mm-hmm. December of 2011. He was traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. Right. Tell us about that controversy. Whirlwind. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I can't remember how long he was even supposed to have been there. But before you know it, we was getting a call saying that he wasn't traded, that the trade didn't go through. Right. It wasn't long at all. But then not long after that, he got traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. So he was with the Clippers from 2011 to was it 2017? Yep. Okay, 2017 with the Clippers. Right. Then he got traded to the Houston Rockets. We was there from 17 to 18. Is that right? 19. Anyway, 19. Yes, two years. He was there two years. And then he got traded to Oklahoma City Thunder. Right. And that's where he is right now. So yes. how did he feel about being traded like what what is that like for a player i mean you're out there you're giving your all and then all of a sudden a team your organization decides to send you elsewhere i mean it doesn't mean it's always a bad thing or it was a good thing that's but. true that's exactly true it's not always a bad thing you're right but i guess it's the unknown and it's the business of the game i think he was sort of aware of all the trades except for the um, rockets the trade houston, right. no idea. houston trade mm-hmm. had no idea but it all worked out for the best it all you know Everything happens for a reason, and we know God is in all of it. So yeah. it was an he had an awesome year this year. He really did. He 
did. Yes. yes. I want to know, let's go back to your first NBA game. What was that experience like for you? Did, did you leave? <laughs> <laughs> I should have asked my other son if I left. I don't believe it. But I think it was against the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. And it was unbelievable. Because, you know, this was new for us. But it was also new for Oklahoma City Thunder. Right. And, I mean, when I say it was new, it was amazing. Oh, my goodness, it was so good. It was it was really good. I was nervous. But, you know, me and my husband, we may, we both may have, you know, shedded a tear sometime, you know, before that game or after that game because it's almost like he worked his butt off. He worked so hard, and this is what he's always wanted to do. And, look, he's doing it. So it was, it was great. It really was good. I can't remember if we won or not. I hope we did, but <laughs> it was great. It, it really was good. As a yeah. parent, that's irrelevant if you want or not, right? You're just happy to be it's there. Yeah. yeah just cares? glad to be there. You have to just be there for your children. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yes. You know, it's funny that you brought up the Fisher Price um, <laughs> basketball <laughs> nets. I think you're like the third mom <laughs> that we've had on the show that said, well, we bought the Fisher Price nets and that's where it all started. So note to all parents out there that are watching, that are listening, (laughs) buy the Fisher Price net because your child will be playing professional basketball somewhere. So so crazy because, you know, we have several friends. If they have children that have kids, if it's a boy, you know, we always say, well, do they already have a basketball goal? Because, I mean, that, that little fishing price toy, that can keep them occupied for a minute. It's true. And it's pretty, and it's pretty safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a <Yeah>. developing tool. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's giving uh, Caesar yeah. too much fake confidence. <laughs> <laughs> that poor child who's sitting outside the car waiting to get in. <laughs> <laughs> poor guy. Oh, I can't wait to beat him. Yeah. <laughs> he's, no, he is a doll. So, Robin, my husband is, uh, he, he actually entered in the draft, I, I don't know what year, um, and he didn't get drafted. He ended up uh, picking a, taking a contract coming to Canada, which didn't necessarily help him basketball-wise, but we met here. Hey, um, so well, you said earlier that everything happens for a reason. So yeah. it didn't help him for basketball, but he found the best thing that ever happened to yes, him. Yes, he so. did. <laughs> That's right. We'll, that we'll say that. But we've got two uh, two little ones that are playing on the Fisher Price net right now, and he doesn't want to coach them at all. But I think where we live, he's by far the most qualified to do so. And you said your husband coached, and you coached. Yeah, but my husband did it mainly because of Chris. Chris was so feisty, y'all. I mean, Chris was all about winning at such an early age. But I mean, even at the wide league, because Chris is so aggressive, my husband wouldn't let him just get the ball and shoot every time. He said, pass it to this kid, pass it to ki- this kid. You get the rebound. If they miss the shot, you get the rebound. You can shoot it. But don't you just come down the court and shoot the ball. <laughs> no, but the parents loved it because their kids was getting a chance to touch the ball and getting a chance to shoot. You know what right. I mean? Right, yeah. So, yeah, it, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm hoping my husband's listening and that uh, Rob and Paul said you should coach. That's how he I'm going to interpret this. <laughs> That's right. He should coach, yes. <laughs> you know back in the day I wasn't um, I, I mean I used to love 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 
um, watching basketball in my day. And then, you know, you have kids, you get busy. And I remember my youngest son um, falling in love <laughs> with Chris Paul. And I remember buying him a Chris Paul jersey for Christmas. That's all he wanted. <laughs> And then years later, I was talking to him about this jersey because now it's getting small. It doesn't fit. And I remember I'm saying, oh, I'll have to get you another jersey. And he's like, well, can you buy a real one this time? <laughs> and I'm thinking, how dare he? <laughs> I'm thinking, I thought, didn't think he knows the difference, but whatever. So <laughs> you bought what you could afford that well, You know what I'm saying? I was yeah. like, whatever. You can still read the name on it, but whatever. So, <laughs> and we still have this jersey till this day. Jersey. It was his first jersey, and yes, still have it. Because when I moved from Montreal, I seen it. Real? Yes, yes. It's it's not oh, real, but I, we still have it. <laughs> that's right. I it's still it. a jersey. That's right. It's, it's real to me. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so let's talk about his experience now on OKC. What are his feelings about the team? And he, how he loved gels? the team. He loved the team. They were young. I mean. He is a true vet where wherever he goes, he takes the rookie guys, he takes them under their wings, and he, he just shares information with them, you know? Yeah. He said because that's how he his vets treated them. And I, I don't know if you all seen the article where he dressed all of his, the whole AK, <laughs> um, OKC team, he yeah. had them custom-made suits. Yes. You know, each one of them got a custom-made suit. Yes. But people be thinking, well, why would he do that? Y'all, everybody doesn't own a suit. That's right. But at the end of the day, there are some occasions where you need to wear a suit. Yeah. So when I say those guys enjoyed that, they loved it. <laughs> they, oh, yeah, that was great. But just, you know, experiencing them, you know, him getting experience and then showing him them, uh, them some experiences, you know, it was great. It was great. He had a good time. He bonded very well with them. And, as you know, you could see they, pl- they played very well, too. Yeah. They did. They played well. Well, you have two Canadians on OKC. Yes, we do. We have Dork and we have Shay. Yes, yes. 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 <laughs> Big yes. up Canada. So- <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yes. So um, Shay and Chris are very, very good friends. They're yeah. really, really close. And him and Dork became very close, too. So, you know, we love Dork's game. When he came in, he came in with power and energy. Right. Yeah, it was amazing. Dort's actually played in the same program as my son in Montreal. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's a good kid, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are big difference in age, but I was asking my son about him, and he says, yeah, yeah. He goes, we talk, we communicate, and which is important, right? It's very important. Yeah, don't forget where you come from. You know what? There you go. And they come from the same program. Not even the same city, but the same team, the same coaching staff, the same, you know what I mean? So. It, that means a lot. Yeah, it is. And I, I'm blessed that they're, you know what I mean? That they're 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 friends because they didn't know each other. Oh yeah. That's, now that's, they do, right? Exactly. That's really good. <laughs> yes. So looking back now at Chris, would you ever have imagined that your son is number one, the the one of the top five point guards in the league and one of the most highest paid athletes in the world? Like, would you have imagined that at the Fisher Price stage? <laughs> no, I never would have made imagined that. And I just thank God and praise God for all of it because without Him, none of this would have been able to happen. Right. But you know, it's it's not all about the money, right? 
And it's all, it's not all about, you know, how well you do in that sport. It's what did you do for somebody else to help them along the way too, you know? Yeah. So no, I never would have thought, we always thought our children played basketball well enough to get a free college education. Right. And we have a basketball program now, mm-hmm. an AAU program. And that's our main focus. From ninth to 12th grade, they play AAU. We get them in front of college coaches. And that's all we want. Wow. We want them to be able to go to college for free. That, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And anything beyond that is just double blessings, double blessings. I love and the fact that-, that. We tell our parents that, too. We have a yeah. um, parent meeting every year, and we let them know, this is why we do this. This is part of Chris's giving back. Right. It's to get these kids exposed. We want them to go to college for free. But it's not only Chris, it's you're all giving back. I mean, how many basketball families are out there? Like, you know what I mean? Like, usually, like, the, the, the player will grow up and move forward and become this, you know, he's an adult. He's a player. He moves on. You know what I mean? And But you guys, you know what I mean? It's been from the beginning, and you're growing together. You're growing, like, a family business together, which is, which is real stellar because there's not many families out there. Yeah, but at the same time, we started giving way before Chris got in the league. Right. You know, our parents gave. My father owned a black uh, a gas station. Right. He was the first black to own a gas station in North Carolina. So he was giving. My husband's parents, they've always gave. Anytime we heard of anybody getting burnt out or just needy, right. needy, like food or clothes or whatever, we was always so... This just didn't happen once Chris got to where he was. We've been giving all along. We were just blessed that Chris saw the need as we did and wanted it to continue. Chris is a great basketball player as well as an entrepreneur. I mean, he's a true example of um, an athlete being more than an athlete. I mean, he built his own brand both on and off the court. I mean, it takes nothing short of hard work to be where where he is now. But and he's a very hard worker. Don't get it twisted. He he works very, very hard. Yeah. yeah. But tell us how as a parent you accomplished that. Um me and my husband was, you know, we've always worked hard. Everybody around him has worked hard, but to see how hard he works, you know, and it's amazing to see him as a parent. And how he tries to juggle all these things, you know, mm-hmm. try to be there for the kids when he can. And then got to get on this call for this and this call for that. I mean, it's amazing to see. And trust me, when he was in the bubble, you know, he was still working and still had to, you know, prepare for games and stuff. But he still had to be on those calls because they knew once they got out the bubble, that still the season still got to start right. back up and something eventually. There's always something going on. So there's never, never a dull moment around him. Do yeah. you see your <laughs> do you see your work ethics in Chris? Some. Some of them I do. Some of them I do. Everybody says that me and my oldest son are the twins as far as, you know, the yeah. way we have business and stuff. But yeah. I saw somewhere that uh your husband used to work full time and he would get one week off a year and then take a second week as needed to follow Chris around on the AAU circuit. And sometimes you'd have to take out loans or do whatever you had to do to make it so that that was a possibility rather than, 
you know, hey, this year we can't make it happen. Dad can't go on the trip. I, I think that parents don't understand how important it is for their commitment to be as big as the child's and them playing. Like, could, could you ever imagine have you had you guys not done that if Chris might be in a different place? Or was that ever an option not doing that? It wasn't an option for us not to do it. Um, and, you know, people are always talking about sacrifices. I didn't, I don't see it as a sacrifice. It just might be me, but I just don't see it as a sacrifice. It was just a way of life. But um, I worked at the bank then, and my husband worked at a um, camera place where they made cameras. And he got two weeks off, and I got like four or six weeks off. But remember when I told you they also played football? Right. So with Pop Warner, if they were good, they would go to Florida in December. Right. So they're down there for a week. So most of the time, one week would go towards football for my husband, and then the the other one would go to um, basketball tournaments. And by the time the Nationals come around, he'd be done use up all his time. But his company would allow him to try to, you know, come in real early and leave, you know. But, yes, every year when they were playing AU basketball, we would either go get a loan from a finance company or we would go against his 401k. Mm. So by the time he finished, I mean, Chris finished and CJ finished basketball, my husband's 401k was depleted. But we was of the, of the mindset that as long as I had, he had and vice versa. Right. So it all, thank God, it all just worked out. We did what we had to do to get them, you know, get them through. And not only them now, there were some kids, also some other kids that we would have to help, you know, whose parents couldn't afford it. So, you know, we was also helping them as well. It's such an investment um, that we have to do as parents, right, to get our kids where they need to be, not only financially sometimes, but sometimes just to invest time. Time is is more important than money sometimes, you know what I mean? Time is more important than money. And I can say, Thank God that ours panned out the way that it did. All situations don't, you know, come out that way. But if it would have, you know, if he wouldn't have made it, we still had our jobs. We still would be able to pay off the things that we need to pay off. You know, just keep on working. Yeah. yeah. I was I was speaking to my son earlier today and I was asking him um, as a mom that I ever disappoint you with not being able to come to all your games, you know what I mean? Because he lived in the U.S. I lived in Canada, you know what I mean? I had my regular nine to five. I had his brother. I had, I, I couldn't afford to always, always go. I mean, I went when I could. How far was you from him? Which time? So, <laughs> yeah, oh. because at one point I had to just, uh, I think it was 14 or 15. And I was like, you have to go to the U.S. because that's where your visibility would be better oh. for you. Um, uh-huh. So I would say maybe six hours, seven hours um, oh, okay. to 10 hours drive. And sometimes I would literally just get my purse and get in the car and go and drive like overnight to pitch black and cry all the way there because I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't see. I had no GPS. There was no GPS back then. Well, not on your phone anyway. You know what I mean? I'd have to literally go on. I think it was MapQuest and I would yeah. have to print it. And yeah. I would highlight the direction so I could see it in the dark. Oh, my Lord. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Finding all these little gas stations in the middle of the night. and Oh, my God. And all of that, especially during AAU trips when they yeah. would make it to the Nationals in Orlando. You mm-hmm. fill, those kids, fill those vans up with those kids and just hit the road. 
Yeah, yeah. Most of the time with my son, which is he and I. And he was no company. He would be sleeping. <laughs> Gone. Like, from the time we left the house, we'd literally back up, and he'd have his pillow, and he'd be out. And he would wake up when it was time to eat or go to the bathroom, and that's it. And he was, well, are we there? I'm like, no, does it look like we're here? He's like, no, okay. And go right back to sleep, eh? No, are you okay? Do you? <laughs> and I used to laugh at it. And I'm like, we have 20 more hours to get to your gym. Go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, he didn't care. Okay. I do that to my husband now. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know when we get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a sacrifice as parents that we have to make for our kids. You know what I mean? And this is what we want our listeners to know. It's not just easy. It's not just my kid was great and he ended up on the court. That's not true. There's so much that, yeah, there's there's so much on the back end. But that's how a lot of parents think today. I mean, you know, their kids can be great. They they see the rankings, what they are now in fourth, fifth, sixth, them grades. And then, you know, oh, well, they rank this, that, and the other. Yeah. People don't realize you can be that today and out of it tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you just have to live for the day, do the best you can and encourage your kids. Don't bank on your kids. Encourage your kids. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of parents don't realize, like you're saying, say if you're in high school or whatever and your, your kid is highly ranked, that doesn't mean yeah. that they're going to be highly ranked in college. This is a different level. And then they move to the oh. NBA. That's a whole other talk show. Whole lot of talking. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> It's only what four hundred about four hundred athletes in India. Just about, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and it's a lot of them ain't going nowhere no time soon. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they better put in the work. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. They're not going yeah. anywhere anytime soon. I mean, I mean, look at your son. He's thirty-five. He's thirty-five years he, old. He said he's trying to keep his job as long as he can. Amen. Funny <laughs> <laughs> so when he talked to the kids. Um, when he goes to college campuses or, you know, camps and stuff, he let them know, y'all good, but you know what? I'm going to just keep training so I can keep my job. I don't want y'all coming up taking my job. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, t- just trying to encourage the kids, keep working, you know, yeah. keep working. Because where you think you're good today, somebody over there working just as hard or harder than you are. Well, as president of the NBPA, I mean... <laughs> He's reshaping the whole CBA initiative so the players get paid a lot when they're like 35, 36, 37, 38. So kudos to him. We're going to have <laughs> we're gonna have 40-year-olds soon. It's going to be a waiting list. <laughs> really, it is amazing how if these guys take care of their body, and that's what he's telling these yes. young guys. Yeah, he learned at a, a late age by taking care of your body. Right. He may have known, but he didn't enforce it until later. But now, you know, you take care of your body early in life, you can play a lot longer. Well, one of his roles as the president of the MPPA, he was able to implement a health insurance for retired players. Yes. Which is fantastic because I don't think people understand the wear and tear. No, exactly. And, you know, even to this day, we can be at the airport or anybody, anywhere, if um, a retired player sees us, they come up and say, listen, we thank your son because of him. I was able to find out I had this wrong and was able to get it fixed, you know. Yeah. It's just it's just a whole lot. I mean, their insurance is so good. I asked Chris, what do I need to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Chris we need a mom's insurance, okay? Yeah, Stephanie and I, yeah, we need a mom's insurance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but um, very, you know, when we first found out about him, I told him, I said, Chris, this is really big. He said, yeah, my, this is really big. I said, that's something, that's that's great. It's, it's not really good. 
well as the president, um, once again, he's accomplished so much. And another thing he accomplished is getting the players to vote or register to vote. Register to vote. Because yeah. what was it, like 30% of the players at the oh, time were 10, registered? I think it was 10 or 20%. Yeah. At the time, only 10 or 20% of NBA players was registered to vote. Yes. And, you know, he's on this um, voting initiative. That's right. Obama. <laughs> and... Um, you know, he, he he pushed that thing and they got it. I mean, the last I heard, it was 90%. And that was, what, three or three weeks it's ago? 95 it and up the, now. Woo, I love it. Yep. <laughs> amazing. Yes. 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 So that was good. And, you know, by them being in the bubble, it was a little bit easier for them to do. Yeah. Because they were there. Right. So, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm glad it happened. Yes. No, but it's good because right now there's so much going on and, oh. I mean, a change is required. And here your son is putting so much work and so much effort into making sure that, you know, his his players, our mm-hmm. colleagues, let's just call them, you know what yeah. I mean, are, are, are getting registered to vote and he's educating them on the importance of, of voting. I mean, I was watching yeah. him talk about how at one point – he didn't understand the importance of voting and what it did. And and he said this whole thing was an education process for him, which is which is really good because now he's like, well, hold on a second. My vote does count. That's right. And he and taught. We got to get these young people. That's right. These young people need to realize their votes do count. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's so, so, so important. I don't know if you all know, but this past week he was here in North Carolina because our state is a battleground state. Uh-oh. Yes. Yeah, battleground states. So we need to get as many people out to vote as we possibly can. Right. So he went out, went to some HBCUs. So the one right here in Winston-Salem State, where he is now um, a student, right. we had over 2,500 people out there, people that marched with us, people that, you know, I don't know exactly how many registered and voted that same day or just voted or whatever, but the crowd was just immense, and a lot of the kids said they had already voted. Would make would make they made me feel so good. Yeah, but you know what I like mostly? They all had on masks. Yeah, I was so happy about that because y'all, this mask thing to me is so serious. Yeah, and all those kids from that university had on masks. Yeah, we down there for the voting thing. But at the same time, don't forget what we're going through. That's right. Right. So that's right. Yeah. Know where you are now. Exactly. And exactly. That shouldn't stop, you know what I mean, you from voting or, you know what I mean? Exactly. And I love how Chris displays the power behind a vote and ballot. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It I means mean, so much. We can do it. Yeah. I mean, we all have the power to do it. We just have to utilize the power. Well, it takes someone special to to show people what their power really means because you have a lot of, like you're saying, a lot of young kids who just figure, oh, my vote don't mean nothing. Nothing's going to change in my community. You know what I mean? It's, it's just I, I don't have time to vote or I'm not going to bother voting and I've never voted in my life and it's not important to me. And now, oh, my gosh. I know, but you know what? If you think about it, Chris, Chris is a um, he's an example, but we as mothers – we can be examples too. Mm-hmm. All we got to do is encourage our children to do it. That's right. And then you tell your friend what you're doing over here and they do it with their children. And guess what? We're doing the same thing. That's right. We do the same thing. Right. It's like a trickle effect. It is. It really is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for me, 
I mean, I'm Canadian. I don't have a, I don't, a leg to stand on with your elections, but I mean, we had a couple of calls, us, you know what I mean, talking about voting and stuff like that and how important it is. And I was saying, you know, as a Canadian, I just have to do what I have to do because at the end of the day, for me, what happens with you is important to me. Exactly. Because when you think about it, we are all in this thing together. Absolutely. We are all in this thing together. But right now, aren't you glad you're up there and you're not dealing with stuff? <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. I know you got to Absolutely. Slide over. I'm yeah. on my way. <laughs> no, let me stop. Let come me stop. visit us in Nova Scotia. Hey, so you said earlier that you thought that you came here. Yes, you did. Yeah. It was 2004, right? I believe so, yes. 2004, the USA 21 and under team came. Chris was a student at Wake. Coach Calvin Sampson was one of the coaches. He was the coach. And we came up there for the Olympics. Wow. You have to come back and visit us. (laughs) We did. We had a great time. Oh, good. Yes, it's cold up there. (laughs) It's cold right now. (laughs) Yeah, it's setting in. So yes, what's your temperature on. like right now? Oh, for you, um, it would probably be in the 40s. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's not <laughs> nice. It gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> Way worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Today's a little bit of fur day. By tomorrow, forget it. <laughs> oh, it's cold tomorrow? Yeah, it's starting to get cold. Yeah. Okay. And we're close to the water, too, so... Yeah, you're gonna be real cold. Well, we can see the water right now if we were to look out the window. So, well, the view has to be beautiful then. It's you know, that'll be pretty. Well, this is why you're gonna have to come back and visit us and 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 remind yourself. That's right. Well, yeah, yeah. you have to come back because you and I gotta take Caesar to his game. Cause That's right, <laughs> too, because his parents. No one else is taking him. No. Ain't nobody else gonna take him. You know what I'm saying? We gotta. <laughs> I'll drive, Robin. You just. <laughs> yeah, let me subscribe and entertain him. I love kids. <laughs> He's a sweetheart, too. He's just a, a mama's boy to the fullest. I think I'd have to go on the court with him. Like, that's sort of where we're at. Like, he's attached at the hip. I, I love it. How old is he? He's four. He just turned four. And he's still attached at the hip? Oh, yeah. My husband's like, get off of there. Some, yeah, I can't say some of what he says. But he says, you want to go home? You know, trying to go back. That's too funny. Oh yeah, he, uh, yeah. Oh, well, we like we've made the decision we're not having anymore. So I'm struggling a little bit too. Like every time he does something that's his first, it's a last for me. But still, mommy, he's got to be a big boy. I know. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. I understand. I understand. Yeah. yeah, poor Caesar's gonna have to come through the school of hard knocks, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. He can live at home yeah. forever, though. <laughs> Not my kids. No, you got to get after a while. <laughs> nope. Sorry. <laughs> we can love you from the other side of the door. <laughs> Robin, I had a question for you that we uh, that I probably should have asked you a little bit earlier. It, it touches on your the, the nerves a little bit um, and, and, and ties in with the voting, too, where Chris Ball's using, obviously, his his platform and all his social media to help move the, the vote forward and and educate everyone. And that's a great example of how social media can be used for good. But, yes. you know, on the nights that he has a game that doesn't go so well or something happens, there's a tech or an altercation. Do you do you follow when, you know, Twitter, Twitter lights up uh, with the negative no. comments? You, no. you don't? Nope, I sure don't. Mm-hmm. Stay away from it. 
I'm nosy. I don't know how to send a tweet. I'm on Twitter, but I don't know how to send a tweet. I might all work on that. <laughs> Just your profile picture, and that's it. <laughs> I might ask my um, ask my niece or nephews or somebody how to do that. But no, I don't. I don't. No. I think that's I, mean, a, I know who he is. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I think that's such a good perspective because I, I think that social media is a huge distraction. And and when oh, you look at sure. him being like six one, six two. Um, really many reasons not to have made it and, and also then tons of reasons to have made it. If you mm-hmm. add in something as powerful as social media in, in terms of a distraction and it can change so much for people, um, he was really lucky not to have had to deal with social media coming up. But he seems yeah. like he can handle it just fine. Yeah. yeah, Because they don't they don't read into that stuff. I mean, I'm sure most of the parents you've talked to or you ask them that same question, they probably say, they, they ignore that stuff or they don't follow that stuff. Some of them are like, we answer, I follow it. Oh, some, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> They get right into some it. Of them, some of, and some of them do answer. You're right, but no, I'm not that mom. <laughs> I am not that mom. And I pray I'm not going to be that mom you see on Sports Center doing anything crazy. <laughs> that's the best. She's an on Sports Center. Yeah, what's true, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, and, and, and sometimes it's unnecessary, right? But like you said, you as a mom, you know who he is. So. Right, but at the same time, they're human too. Yeah. You know, they're basketball players. People think, you know, look at them differently, but they're also human too, so, yeah. Well, this is why we do this show, because we want people to understand, like you said, that they're human. They're, they're, they're athletes, but before an athlete, they're a person. They're just like... They're just like you and I, you know what I mean? And this is why the mom's here, because she's here to um, to to humanize the, <laughs> her athlete so the world knows about him and what he does and how he does it and, you know what I mean, and how it all started, because that, that that's important. It's very important. And I, I'd like to tell any other parents listening, continue to be a parent, you know, just because if your child makes it, they make more money than you. They still gonna need a parent. Yeah. So let's just stay in our lane, and everything usually works out great. Oh, I love that. Stay in your lane. Oh my yeah. gosh, I love that because like you and I both know, you have some parents that they change lanes quickly. Yes. Once the child makes it, they change lanes. And yeah. It don't work like that. Yeah. All of a sudden, they're the driver of the bus. Couldn't drive. Had no license before, but now all of a sudden, they're yeah. driving that bus, and the kids in the back, and they're like, um. It's me, it's my career. And the parents are like, no, no, I got it. See, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. then... Things don't always end up well after that. Well, yeah, they, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about when we all vote. That nice, lovely shirt you have on. For anybody listening that's <clears throat> in the USA, go vote. Make sure you vote. I know today um, in North Carolina is the last day for early voting. I don't know about all the other states, but if you haven't voted, if early voting is over, November the 3rd is the day, just um, let's do what we have to do. Just vote. Just vote because your vote, your vote does count. Right. Well, Chris is a co-chair for when we all vote. Yes. Hold on. It's like Stephanie a couple <laughs> weeks ago. This Hold on to me. <coughs> a couple of weeks ago, Stephanie Portchard was choking. <laughs> I held it in for too long. <laughs> Oh, my God. And I'm sitting here like, <laughs> dying. Sorry, right. Robin. Hold I on. I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but she better not say nothing. 
like, oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. You're fine. Tell somebody to breathe some water. Can I have some water, please? <laughs> It's kind of Robin really interesting Paul that said. this happened twice in a row. <laughs> yeah, she said, so tell somebody, bring me some water. No, seriously, thank you. I'm like, <laughs> I just started talking. I could see it exactly like you were watching yeah. me when it happened. Yeah. When Stephanie was talking a couple weeks coming. ago, I'm like, oh my God. Is it? <laughs> I thought she was going to fall off the chair. <laughs> I tried so long to hold it. Yeah, she did. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'll get back to my question, though. So, uh, actually, hold on one sec. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you too, Stephanie. Y'all need more. Yes. Mm. Thank you, Kurt. You're awesome. Okay. So, Chris is co-chair of When We All Vote, um, alongside uh, First Lady Michelle Obama and celebrities uh, Janelle Monet, uh, Tom Hanks, uh Trying to think from the website I saw, Faith Hill, Shonda Rhimes, yeah. and more. There's all kinds of celebrities on there, yes. and I think it's fantastic. So, how has he worked alongside these chairs to to make this initiative work? He's on several meetings. He's been on several Zoom calls. Um, he's been interviewed by, ooh, so many people. A lot of a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Zoom call Zoom call chat with a lot of different groups because, you know, we can't all get together. Um, and like I said, he came in North Carolina to do some things at some HBCUs. He did some things just in the city. Right. I mean, he knows and he's just trying to get the word out that we all need to vote because we know that when we all vote, things can change. Things Absolutely. can happen. Yes. Well, I saw... Um I guess the the initiative he did with Michelle Obama. Oh yes, that you had that yeah you invited everybody to. Oh my gosh, that was fantastic, <laughs> and it was so good to see Chris sitting there just talking to to you know Michelle Obama, and I was like, wow, because <laughs> I was like the um, what you call a person with the camera got to make sure everything's set up right because he was at my house when we did it. Oh, like okay. the producer. So you know we had to I had to make sure. The, uh, the yep. laptop was high enough and the lighting was right. And, you know, because she was talking to somebody else first, I had to let him know when he needed to, lock, you know, sign in. Oh, it was amazing. Look at it, you. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I was so very proud of him. Very, so very proud of him. And she is just a jewel. She is. Yeah, Michelle is just a jewel. Yeah. Yes. That was a great interview. Yes. And how she's pushing so much for vote is, wow, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So if people want more information, they can go on whenweallvote.org yes. and find out information about that because you'd have only a few more days. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I pray for change um, for what's yeah. going on right now in the U.S. I mean, by the time this episode air, airs, you would have already had an a president, um, whether it's an, the, a re recurring president or an existing uh, an existing president or a new president, we don't know yet. Um, so I wish you guys all luck with that. Thank you, thank you. I want to ask quickly about the social change fund that he created. Yay. Yes, with a couple Yay. entrepreneurs and with uh, Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony. Okay. Yes. So they created this change, you guys. Let me tell you. They are going to be, 
like they said, this is going to be bigger than basketball. Yes. They're going to be able to change so many lives and so many things through this change fund that, I mean, everybody will be smiling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because some of the, some of the things that people need, we take for granted. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, I mean, we take them for granted. There are kids that have, some of them have laptops in one household that five or six children have to try to use for school. Wow. How can that happen? That, you got that many people in a house and yeah. you're trying to do your schoolwork, but they don't have headphones. Right. Something as simple as headphones. You know, y'all yeah. have on headphones right now. Think yeah. about it. Yeah, that's true. Something as simple as headphones. Yeah. So, yes, this this um, this is going to make a big, big difference. So we're really excited. And there is yeah. good people behind it, which there, which it, makes a difference, right? I mean... You got caring people, just them three that started it. They care. You know what I mean? They care about people other than themselves. Right. Right. So that that within itself, you know, here they are. It's almost like just pouring out your heart, just trying to help. Yeah. Trying to help. And then once you start helping, other good people come in and try to help. Of course. So, so yes, it's, it's amazing. And it's good because other people will join in. You know what I mean? For them, sometimes it could be you know, their experience, because to me, experience is, is, is the best teacher, right? Oh, it definitely is. And that, that could be their testimony. Like, you know, I lived in the house with four kids and, and there was no laptop. You know what I mean? Never mind a laptop. And we couldn't go to the library to do our homework because we couldn't afford a library pass or something, you know what I mean? Or whatever the case was, I couldn't because I had to babysit all the kids at home because my mom or dad were working or, and there was always something. There's always. always something, you know what I mean? And and giving back is so important. Like to me, like I was telling my son, we always have to give back. No matter what oh, you do. Always. I don't care what it is. Just give back. Like be humble. Give back. And this year, we've always given a, our Thanksgiving boxes, our foundation. Mm-hmm. Right. Last year, we did 150 families. Nice. And there's usually between nine and ten meals in each box. Right. So nice. we're going to either match that number or do more. Because this year you have even more kids, more families that need food. Right, right. So our our motto is: "To much is given, much is required." Yeah. So just like the Lord blesses us, we have to bless others. That is absolutely beautiful. I mean, good luck to you guys on that initiative. And like you said, the world needs people like you. I mean, this pandemic. <laughs> this pandemic has been hard. Me. It ain't all me, Wendy. It ain't all me. It's the God in me, okay? Absolutely. Like you said, you know, that nothing's nothing's possible without God in the first place. That's but at true. the end of the day, He chose you as one of His daughters to do His work. Yeah, that's true. So keep I'm doing. Now, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't mean to sound preachy, but it's true. So, <laughs> so tell us, what is next for Chris? Who knows? I guess he'll find out if he's going to be going back to OKC or where he'll be playing next year. Um, Probably what's next next is probably meetings with the league trying to, you know, and the PA trying to figure out when they're going to start back back playing. Yeah. Um, And he and my older son, they're into being um, producers and um, executive producers and stuff. They're doing some movie stuff. So they, they always have stuff going on. 
So yes. they're going to forever be busy, which is, <laughs> is not the goal. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. One day, because we all know one day the ball does stop bouncing. Well, that's it. That's so it. Have to be prepared for that. That's right. And he has kids to leave his legacy to. He has kids. He yeah. has a family. So that's exactly right. That's right. Well, good luck. So last question I want to ask you is, and I, I, you've, you've sort of answered it already throughout the podcast, but still, let's lump it all into one. What advice would you give to a parent of an up-and-coming player? I would tell them to be, sinc- be sincere, stay the course, yeah. and for the parents to be there for your children, support your children. For the children, continue to work hard, take care of your bodies, and what God has for you, it is for you. Well, everybody's heard it from the mom of of Chris Paul of OKC. I mean, thank you so much, Robin. Wendy, thank you. And thank you to Stephanie. Oh, thank you. Amazing. Hang in there with them little babies now. (laughs) If not, I'm calling you. (laughs) I will drive Caesar to the game. Help is on the way. Uh, sending you lots of love and blessings um, to you and thank your family. Um, thank you for your time and and for and and for allowing us to to get to know your son better on a different level, right? I mean, we read what we read or we watch what we watch on, whether it be Instagram, YouTube. But hearing it from the source, that's totally different. That's that's not the same because you're bringing it on a personal level. You know what I mean? We now we know who. Chris really is right I mean I don't care Wikipedia says I want to know what Robin says that's the (laughs) that's the true Chris that I want to (laughs) know but thank you all for having me thank you all right Robin we'll talk soon all right right, take care bye God bless join me and Steph every week on Courtside Moms where you get a courtside seat outside of the arena thanks for joining us subscribe and listen for free on Apple Spotify or wherever you find your favorite podcasts Do it naturally.